Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello. Welcome to a walk in the park podcast. (laughs) This is Riss. And this is Babs. And in our podcast, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of wine, cake, laughter, friendship, success, families, fun, the extraordinary. We're happy you're listening. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I love it. Let's just get this walk started, baby. Woo-woo. This is Babs. And this is Riz. We're in Alabama. More like Alabama. Alabama. Are we are we officially in Alabama? Okay, maybe we're not well, that's an Alabama plate. But that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything. We just saw Dothan, but I guess maybe we're still in Florida. Uh, you know it's kinda weird I thought we would have just seen us. Wait, Dothan is in Alabama. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. And it's huh. only 20 miles away. Huh. Not even. All right. We're in an undisclosed location in the continental United States. We're here with our friend who may or may not want to be named. <laughs> friend, do you want to be named? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. We're here with JoJo. Woo-woo. Where with the other Baxter. Ah, that's right. <laughs> with one of the other Baxters. MB will listen to this and he'll be like, what happened? Yep. yep. When are we recording next? Uh, and he just fell off the face of the planet as he went back to school. Yeah, well, it happens. It does happen. Anyway, we're driving back. I see, I was right. From our annual Speak and trip. ye shall whatever. Well, receive. that does say the welcome center is in a mile. Ask and ye shall receive. Do we ever ask for Alabama? No, and we did not ask, but we did want to know when we were entering, so... We did, we did. The rest area in the Welcome Center is a half mile. Sorry, listeners, we're not going to be stopping at the Welcome Center, I don't think. No. We're just going to cruise up to Dothan, maybe Mm -hmm. get us a little Eufala. Eufala? Eufala. Eufala. I don't know how to pronounce that, but we like driving through there. It's It's who we are. Like a little Mayberry town. That's who we are. We're just, yeah, we're, <laughs> I don't know. Anywho. Anywho. There. We just got done with a nice, uh, relaxing trip to 30A. 30A. The Panhandle. We go every year. And now we have to wait a whole another 365 days until we get there again. We do. And I love these ladies so much. I'm driving 500 miles out of my way. And flying back to Florida from Atlanta. Because well, I wasn't... there's a reason for that. Uh, I mean, you could drive it yourself from where you are, but... Yeah. You cannot take a direct flight from where you are into 38. Correct. Uh, you know what? That's why I still couldn't do it. Thank you, Marissa. Because I was like, oh, I could have flown home from the Panhandle no. and gone to Sarasota. But no, I would have connected through Atlanta anyway. Yep. That's why I do what I do. But yeah, I can't drive six hours and 45 minutes by myself. 
That would not go well at all. That is a lot of boringness. I even Yeah, I even thought about like... Three hours maybe. Well, that last year I thought about, well, maybe I can just take two days on each end and drive three hours a day. I don't even know if I can do three hours by myself in the car. I think you could. Maybe with my audible books or my podcast. Right. But as soon as some dumbass gets on the road, I'm probably in a heap of trouble. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Also, I don't pay attention. I mean, I'm not the driver right now, but where was the welcome center? Where's our sign? We just Sorry. passed it. Oh. Okay. La, la, la. Well, you know, that's okay. All right. So, let's um, let's talk about... When do we switch over time? When does the time zone switch? Because right now we're on Central. We're still in Central. You have to get out of Alabama. All of Alabama uh, is in oh, Central time. Okay. Yeah. I, I was not aware of that. Uh, or maybe there's a... If, if it isn't all of Alabama, it's a little smidgy. It's a little smidgy. Okay. But I feel like it's mostly... I don't know. There's something... there, is, Or there's like some part of Georgia... But yeah, we'll be in Central Time for. There are a lot of Dollar Generals around here. A while longer. Dollar General. Um. Okay. So where where are we at in the world? We know the three of us are in a car in Alabama. Yep. We know that here in our country we're still dealing with inflation. Yep. Former President Donald Trump being a non-law abiding citizen uh, what else what else is going on in our country That's... well the only thing I could say about the Trump thing is I think it's hilarious that he held on to the documents I would have either returned them by now or burned them <laughs> I know these top secret classified super secret documents that the FBI got in the raid at Mar-a-Lago um but, you know, my theory is Trump was holding on to them because at a certain point he wants to sell them to the highest bidder or use them to ingratiate himself to Russia or get himself a deal like, you know, Edward Snowden or something. Like, if he has to leave the United States because he's going to get arrested now and thrown in prison. Now, that would be something. Right? Would, where do you think he would flee to? Russia. Because he has to go somewhere where they wouldn't extradite to the U.S. Mm. So... I mean, there aren't that many. He'd be stuck in Russia, maybe South America. Um, I don't know. I don't off the top of my head know the non-extra. Or maybe he'll go over with his buddy, you know, Kim Jong-un in North Korea. Oh, yeah. He likes him. I don't know. That would be super interesting for Trump to be stuck in Russia like Edward Snowden. Because, you know, if he... If, like, he went... It's like how they get Julian Assange, right? Like, eventually, he was somewhere, and then they transferred him to London, and then... It's a yeah. whole it's a whole to-do. And then we just heard from our friend in the back seat that, uh, maybe... Some Hi, docu- friend in the back seat. Maybe some documents were, uh, buried with Ivanka. Ivana. Ivana, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Former... Ex-wife of former President Donald Trump died this year, and where'd you where'd you hear that? Yeah, that, uh, I haven't heard I that, I read that on Twitter. What? Wow. Oh, well, okay, so it could be some quack source on Twitter, or it could have been a joke. 
but all right. I feel like we need to we need some research, Jojo. We need that tweet. Google uh, Google Ivana Trump death documents Twitter. <laughs> they're not her. They're not her death documents, but wouldn't that be wild? I don't know. It is like so. You have these hard copies, these original documents, or actual, uh, at least official copies of these documents. And it is like if I were going to steal them, would I take pictures of them? I probably would, but would I do it with my phone? No, because maybe there is a way for like the NSA or the FBI or the CIA. Right. If those documents popped up, right, there might right. be keywords and they could know then you took pictures of them. But if you just take them with a digital camera that you don't connect to, you just keep it on, you know, your little SD card. Right. That's probably how I would do it, NSA, in case you're listening, FBI, CIA, come recruit me. I'm ready. I will run now. <laughs> I run. I'll train. Marissa's definitely heard me say this before. I don't know if Joanne has, but like I was pretty interested in being in the FBI when I went off to college and then I watched Silence of the Lambs starring, you know, Jodie Foster and she was an FBI agent and they were were running in the woods as like part of their exercise or something and I was like, "You have to run to be in the FBI?" I'm like, "No, thank you." It's like being in the yeah, I'm like, I'm out. Because, well, yeah, if you want to be a field agent, I don't know that they make their desk jockeys, you know, run, but. I think, uh, well, you know what it is? I think anybody who is in the FBI or CIA was probably, not 90% all of them, but a lot of them were probably former uh, military people. So I'm No. Sure. Okay, that's a fact check. We got to figure out what percentage well, that is. And I, that, there should be a certain percentage, but then, you know, there's the other percent, the IT people. So, obviously, maybe not them. Well, so in the CIA, there's the there's the field agents, the spies, mm-hmm. and then there's the um, analysts, mm-hmm. the ones that actually, like, you know, review the information, study the information, right. brief the president, all that stuff. So, um and the reason I say no is because CIA people usually start out pretty young as well. And you can't be, you're not in the military and the CIA, you know, at the same time. Right. So, but there, I mean, there might be some people, but I don't know that, that is an interesting question. I'm, I'm not sure, but if it was, I would think it would be mostly the spies out in the field that have the former military training. Right. The analysts, probably not so much. And that's why, though, you know, you watch those Jack Ryan movie- yeah, I love movies. That. It's like, at least in the modern one, he started off, he's like an analyst, and then all of a sudden he's in the field, right? Right. He's like, I just work on Yemen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any updates, JoJo? Well, they're talking about she was cremated. Oh. She was cremated, but then she was buried in a coffin, and they had like 10 fall barriers. Bears. So they put the ashes in a coffin. She wasn't just put like in a mausoleum or something? No. Huh. But there's these ten pallbearers and why would it be so heavy? Yeah, exactly. Well, and why? Okay, so Are these maybe. Are wishes? Well, her wishes would have been to be cremated, I guess. Yes. And I, I do know ashes are interred. I mean, you can still have a plot and your ashes can sure. be interred there. Or I figured there was probably some Trump family mausoleum. Yeah. And you'd go in and there'd just be like these little you know, safes almost, but I didn't think you put ashes, I didn't think you put somebody's urn in a coffin. 
You know what, though? They probably... You know why I could see them doing that? Is because they wanted a big to-do and they want the pictures. Where it's a lot less impressive to carry somebody's urn than to carry a coffin. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And we know the Trumps. They're all about the photo shoot, so... Yep. Um, but interesting. Well, okay. Well, then, actually, I think it's even less offensive. It's like, she's cremated. We're not going to exhume her body where... We're opening a coffin where her ashes don't need to be. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm surprised that she's even being... I want to know if it was her wishes to be buried on her ex-husband's property. That just seems weird. That's what I, That's why that in of itself seems very odd. But I don't think it would... I wouldn't think her children would let it be done if it wasn't her wishes. That's true. But if she didn't leave specific wishes for how her ashes were supposed to be handled then the kids could probably decide. Donald as an ex-spouse doesn't have any right. any say but maybe the kids were like hey what do you want mom oh, to stay with us. There you go. That's the peanut the National Peanut it's Festival. It's 231. That looks That's like a looks like a syphilis penis. That's yeah there's something going on there. But this is the way I remember. Now we we're it. back. Now we're back. Want the hookup on a little sexy secret? That's a nice billboard. <laughs> All right, this is not going to become billboard reading time, even though Alabama is a classic billboard state where There's you're just like, what's here. happening? Yep. But all right, so the roundup in the country is we've still got Trump crap. We're still dealing with inflation. Inflation. We're still dealing with the, uh, well, this is abroad, but. Ukraine. Right. So I was going to move I was okay. going to move outward. Still got Russia Ukraine. No end to the war there yet. That's still going on. Uh, the Arctic is melting 3.8 times faster. Is that the popo? No. It's just some guy on a motorcycle talking. Talking. Chit-chatting. That's hilarious. Um and then We've got the fires in France. Oh, my gosh. Marissa, tell us what can happen to French wine. What is going on? What does smoke do to grapes? I feel like we know this from California fires well, a while ago. Well, it could taint the, the taste of the grapes once they've been crushed. So that can happen. Because don't forget, agriculture takes on whatever it's being grown in. Mm -hmm. Or the ecology, like the sun and the rain and even pollution or whatever. Uh -huh. Acid, acidity levels in the soil. Or... Right, right. So with this particular case, because they were worried about this in Napa, you know, if the fires are close enough to the vineyards and the smoke is rising at such a level, it could eventually taint the soil and, and the grapes that are being grown. Because they absorb all that, right? So and the vineyard would catch it though, right? They'd well, like, they'd press the grapes or can we expect some bad quality French wine. I don't remember. Do you remember what happened? Like, well, I, we don't know because it was so, it, it was, 
But in California that time with all the fires, did we get less wine? Were certain labels just not produced that year? Were they worse? I don't... I have no recollection. I don't think it was worse or anything like that. I just think they might have produced a little less, but I don't... Gotcha. I think they were more concerned about the taste of the wine and they yeah. didn't really know for like another year or two. Right, when they're actually harvesting the grapes? Well, not or... even just that, but the, if they harvested the grapes and they crushed them... Mm -hmm. You won't know what they'll actually taste like until they're done with, um, whatchamacallit, um, now I can't think, when it's been sitting there. Is there a fancy term for it? Because I'm just going to say aging, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, you could use that term. You can use that term. They won't know specifically what it'll taste like once until they pop that dung and find out from the barrel what it tastes like. They pop that dung? Yeah, that's what it's Dung, called. as in like it's cow manure, a, no, horse it's, poop. It's it's the thing, it's the cork that goes inside the barrel. Why do they call it dung? I don't know. They should not. Well, that's gross. <laughs> that's what it's called. Anyway. Okay. All right. Anyway, but yeah, and that feeds into kind of the whole bigger thing about the climate and France is having its worst drought on record. Mm -hmm. There are fire, eight fires burning across the country. They're having, Europe is having horrible heat waves. Um, Ooh, should be interesting. Have to just, pay attention. That's all those wines of what from the Gironde. I thought it was Bordeaux. Say? Bordeaux, yeah. But they did mention something about yeah. Gironde. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look it up and uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, we'll need like a little a little update. So let's see, what do we need? We'll need an update on the wine. We need to fact check what percentage of the CIA is former military mm -hmm. or retired military or current military. But that they won't tell us. I'm like, your cover is you're in the military, but really you're in the CIA. Right. I don't know if that's an actual thing, but... Anywho, and then, let's see, internationally, we've got, we've covered that. Uh, oh, a huge book sale, man. Oh, <laughs> come on. Come on now. I want the huge book sale. I don't think you're turning right here. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You are, <laughs> you are I should say you are correct. I am correct. Don't go right. Don't go right. Uh, all right. Well, I wonder where the okay. I'm gonna say we'll just we're gonna take a little break. We'll take a little break because there's other things to see, and other um, things to there'll be things you'll want to talk about. <laughs> I will too. Bye, neighbor. So the thing with modern society currently, what we've, what we've evolved to, and let's call it, you know, our civilized society is that we're very put out if we have to adapt. We only want people around us to adapt to us. But speaking of the, the, see, I call them coyotes. You call them coyotes? I call, did I say coyotes? I don't coyotes. know. Coyotes. I don't even but the animals, the animals, right? It's like we keep taking their habitat and then we're annoyed when they walk through our backyard. Right. But it's Bears like our, even. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, just, 
you got to be in a frame of mind to adapt even if you don't want to. And listen, I say that as a person who realizes that I buck against adapting when I'm feeling curmudgeonly or put out or uncomfortable or wronged wronged or uncomfortable Marissa that is the key we don't word like feeling uncomfortable. we don't like to feel In uncomfortable more ways than one. or discomfort that's Correct. why people coming to a bookstore near you in 15 years will be my book <laughs> my epic tome a human theory of discomfort yes it's going to take me a long time to edit it. I'm currently at about 500 pages, oh, wow. but it's going to take a lot of editing to get it. Or, you know, I'll probably, maybe I'll just do it in volumes, like volume one, volume two. I have a lot to say about discomfort. <laughs> well, that's an understatement. <laughs> and this is 500 pages, double column. No, I, I have I hit the 500 page mark. I can't, I'm like afraid to keep typing in Word because I'm like, oh my god! Like I think people write stuff in Word and then you know, but I'm like, what if my document crashes? So I keep breaking it up and saving it in like smaller documents. But then it's like when you're editing, I'm like, okay, well, where's the actual freaking version I'm actually editing? Because I'll go through, I'll write some stuff, then I'll print it out. I'll edit it because I, I am somebody I have to edit on paper. I mean, I will do like, you know, the online spell check, grammar check, all that stuff. But let me tell you, you know how long that takes if you wait until you have a 500-page document, Marissa? Takes yeah. you freaking hours. I'm not kidding. Which is a source of discomfort. It's a source of discomfort. <laughs> but really, my, di- my discomfort is fo- focused on human relationships and how we behave the way we do or perceive things the way we do or react the way we do is because of discomfort. Like, and there's probably something evolutionary behind it. I haven't delved into that fully about how we had to have this reaction to being uncomfortable because it might've saved our lives, right? Like something's wrong here, Mm -hmm. but now it's just, you know, we don't like what somebody else believes or says regardless of where you fall on any spectrum and you know you get overly outraged right and there's productive outrage and then there's just you know but anyway that's not even the focus of this the focus is people get uncomfortable and when they do they're not on their best behavior right which is why actually there's so much to what you know the Dalai Lama and Buddhism tries to do because it literally is just let it go well, yeah, Let it go. I do a lot of that now. Let I do it a go. lot of letting it go. You know, it's funny because I have another friend who is your same age. She's she's eight months older than you because she was born in April of 70. And it has taken her, I think it's only since she turned, so she's 52 as well. I think it's only since she turned 50 that she is finally letting things go. And I told her, I was like, see? She's like, I know. She's like, you've been trying to tell me for years. I'm well, like, you don't let things go. Um, oh, sure. Maybe you've gotten better. Sure, I do. Well, actually, okay, when I talk about letting things go, she has all these, she had all these standards and expectations for herself of things she had to do for other people. Okay. And I'm just like, why? Give it, yeah. I don't know. She feels like obligated, like she had to try to make things better for everybody or she had to try to do this or that. And, I'm just like, you know what? Here's the thing. First, look out for you in a way that doesn't cause other people harm or discomfort. Right. You know, and then work on the other people you're 
really obligated to. Like, if you have children who are not adults, like, you have an obligation to take care of them, at least in a certain way. So take care of those people next. And then, you know. But it's like she and her husband, they're always busy. They're in very high demand, like, to attend events and do all this stuff. And she'd always feel obligated to go and support. I'm like, stop it. I'm like, you don't. You don't need to do everything. But then she would feel guilty about it. And now she's finally gotten to the point, you know, where she's just like, I don't want to do that. And that's okay. Well, honestly, and this is, this is a hard truth. You're, you are very good at pointing that out with other people. So you have done that to me a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it was very helpful. Well, because I don't, I never, I'm always very, um, protective if I feel like somebody's trying to take advantage of my friends or not treating them properly or, you know, not pulling their own weight. Right. And to the point where it's like, you know, it's bugging you or something. That's even worse. Like sometimes I maybe misstep because it's like, I'm feeling overprotective and you're like, yeah, this doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care. I'm like, well, it should. (laughs) And we know that's I want you to get tennis captain. Uh, yes, correct. I want you to get worked up so I can help talk you back down and <laughs> tell those other people to shove off. Right. Shove off. Uh, shove tennis off. captain. I am looking forward to the day in our lives where I never hear the phrase tennis captain ever again. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's a necessary evil sometimes. An unnecessary evil, maybe. I mean, all right. You and Joanne, at the end of your lives, how many years will you have been playing tennis, do you think? If you play until the day you die. Oh. I've been playing 10 years already. Yeah. So you guys will have been playing tennis for like 40 years. Joanne, did you start before me or after me or about the same time? I thought we started at the same time. Yeah. Who started it then? Like who? Michelle Michaels, right? Why we have well, Michaels she, they play? had a team, yeah. We're playing Bunko. Oh, okay. It started at Bunko. Gotcha. But I don't know how I got invited on because my friend, our friend Julie, got us onto that team, which is strange because she didn't live in our neighborhood. So I don't know how it came about, or maybe, maybe I was asked and then I asked her to come on. You just got to know the peoples. Yeah, yeah. But our team has been around for. The weight, I mean, it's had reiterations, but I think so. Right now, JoJo and I are still the original players for wow. the last ten years, at least. Wow. That I know of. Yeah. No, I makes can't think sense. Of anybody else is on our team that that was an original. That was an original. Nope. And the Seaside Sister. Thank you very much. Yep. Now that's an evolution there because if you think about it, like you were saying, Joanne, you know, last night, oh, this used to be a trip we played tennis on. Right. And uh, originally, and we won't name the the actually the founding seaside sister right, right. of the trip, but it's my recollection that that entire tennis team was invited. There were probably like 15 plus women who were invited. Yes. Uh, to go on the trip, and it ended up just being, well, here's the ones that could come. Right. And, uh... Yeah. And then, I think, what, we only did tennis for two years? I think it was only two. And then I think people decided it was too hot. Too hot. Um, and it took away from beach time, and it was like, ugh. Right. Yep. 
And I probably had a hand in that where I was like, I'm not doing it. No, I don't care. <laughs> no, I remember, I think I did it the first year. But remember, by the time this trip rolled around, I had already kind of been out of tennis for a while. And so you guys no, were that's not much true. better. You, 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 I was fading out. You were because fading out. I, I don't think I was playing Thursday anymore because I do remember Sunday, our, our, friend, our friend... Some people that I didn't know from the tennis team at that time because they joined after I kind of segued off were like annoyed that I had been invited on the trip really? since I wasn't an active part of that that team at the time. Huh. So I know I, I don't I can't I, at the time I probably knew the names of the people who complained, but I don't remember now. But anyway... Yeah, I'm not on the team anyway. Well, I'm but sure. then the thing was, after that first year, the decision was made, like, you know what? We like this group. And yes. remember, then the trip was hidden. Had to be hidden for a couple of years, which yes. was ridiculous. And I didn't do a very good job with that, but... <laughs> I was like, I don't care. And you know, at a certain point in time, that's when we became the secret society of Seaside Sisters. Yes. Because it's like people couldn't know about us. Right. Now I tell everybody, and they're like, "Yeah, you guys now." Don't know? And I'm like, "Yeah, we do." Yep. Well, and again, right here, the original three. Yep. That's Big right. three. Oh. oh. <laughs> Ow, that kind of hurt. Aww. Punch myself a little too hard in the oh. chest. I was trying to do that like this is Be us. Big if three. You injure yourself. You have to work out tomorrow. That's right. I gotta work out today. No, I can't. Duh. I'm not getting home till like ten. Okay. Anywho, I just have to work on getting sleep, yeah. getting up, getting my butt in front of my laptop, and doing my work. Ooh, my, my charging cord better be in my backpack. Charging cord for my laptop, it's got to be in there. Because I went back up to the room, so I would have noticed if it was just sitting on the floor. Uh, all right, people. Well, we're in Eufaula. Yeah, Eufaula. Eufaula. I'm going to say this is our favorite stop oh. along the way. going to say that. But we yeah. haven't gotten to the cute part yet. No, we're about to embark on the cute part. All right. We'll be back when the cute part is here. Yeah. a couple more miles. A couple more miles. Well, listeners, if you've made it this far, you'll know. We didn't come back. We drove through the cute part of Eufaula, and then we didn't record again. I'll just round us out here with a couple of things. One, a quick Google search. I could not tell or find information about how many FBI agents have military service in their background. I could probably dig a little deeper there, but I didn't want to. Then... Of course, I checked in to see what is going on with France, the fires, and the wine, and I came across this article from today, which is Friday, August 26th. Yes, it has taken us this long to get this podcast episode out, as the previous portions of this podcast were recorded way back on, I want to say August 14th. Anywho... Point being, the AP says, of course, they're calling it the drought. Drought forces early harvest ever in French wine country. By Sylvie Corbet. The landscape in the prestigious vineyards of Bordeaux looks the same as ever, with healthy ripe grapes hanging heavy off rows of green vines. But this year, something is starkly different in one of France's most celebrated wine regions and other parts of Europe. 
The harvest that once started in mid-September is now happening earlier than ever in mid-August. As a result of severe drought and the wine industry's adaptation to the unpredictable effects of climate change, Paradoxically, the season of heat waves and wildfires produced excellent grapes despite lower yields. But achieving such a harvest required creative changes in growing techniques, including pruning vines in a different way and sometimes watering them in places where irrigation is usually banned. And producers across Europe who have seen firsthand the effects of global warming are worried about what more is to come. Um, Okay, so this is actually kind of weird because... I was figuring it was not good news for the French wine makers. Uh, let's see. According to Fabian Teitgen, technical director of Chateau Smith-Hot-Lafitte, so far, global warming is very positive. We have better ripeness, better balance, but if you turn to the future and if you increase the temperature by one degree more, plus, you will lose the freshness part in the balance of the wine. All right, people. There you go. That's a little wine update. I hope you can... Uh, enjoy yourself a glass of wine or that you have been enjoying a glass of wine if wine's your thing as i used to say decades ago ttfn ta-ta for now